Welcome to the Totally Transformed Podcast. My name is Lance Borden, and I'm here with my mom, Christian psychologist, Dr. Connie Borden. And it's our privilege to come to you today uh, to continue this series on the rage of self-pity. And this will be part three of that series on the rage of self-pity. Um, but before we do that, anything exciting going on in your life today? Well, I have uh, some great clients coming in. I'm excited about that. I'm going to get a haircut. Uh, exciting. There's no tornado warnings out. Yeah, <laughs> we've good. had some uh, crazy weather this week. <laughs> yeah, so that's an exciting day. The yeah. sun is shining for in, me and my pal. Indeed, I I have a uh, baseball practice tonight. It's actually the last baseball practice for my son's t-ball team, t-ball slash coach pitch team, and uh, we need to get our pictures, our team pictures done tonight. Oh, nice. And so it's, I'm really happy that it's going to be sunny yes. because if it was raining, uh, we wouldn't be able to do Did that. Did you find and, your, all of the equipment that you needed? Because I, I know some things were left at our house, I think, or put in a bag or something. Was uh, yes, was we that have resolved? what we need. Yeah, that okay. was resolved. Okay, good, so we're good to go. It would be hard to take a baseball picture, not in your baseball That's, uniform, Especially right? for the son of the coach. <laughs> the son of the go. coach needs to be in you uniform. You know, everybody's in red and white, and your son is in right. you know, sweats like in, or something. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we'll be good to go for posterity there. Good, good. But um, so with the rage of self-pity, this, like I said, will be part three. We wanted to continue to refine and define um, what the rage of self-pity is. And then I think next time we'll conclude with part four, where we'll talk about some anger management skills. But today we wanted to completely unpack or finish unpacking what is the rage of self-pity And so I turn it over to you for that. And the reason why we're doing that is because next week when we talk about anger management skills, that would apply to someone potentially that is not wounded, that's not walking in a built-up stuff rage that's triggered instantly. That's how you know it's the rage of self-pity because it here's the progression of anger. You're impatient, you're impatient, you're impatient, you're impatient, then you get frustrated and angry. That's normal. But if you're just instantly angry, You know, something triggers you, somebody, some event, circumstance, or person triggers you, and that's an ongoing kind of festering emotion, then you can pretty well be sure you're wounded. And so we want to make sure that we are making our listening audience understand what our ministry stands for. If you're wounded, the way you know it is by your reactions, Because if you have a pain that doesn't go away, that's the way you know that you may be wounded or hurt physically or there's some disease going on. You need to go to the doctor. If you're reacting all the time in anger, fear, anxiety, control, whatever, you can pretty well be sure that you're wounded and you're making up for those wounds by these defense mechanisms that are not only destructive to you, but to other people. And we talked in the past podcast couple about how you either go inward with your anger. If you're fear prone, you you kind of beat yourself up. Or if you're uh, anger prone, you go outward and break up somebody else's stuff or spew it on somebody else. And then we concluded you don't want to stuff your anger because eventually, like a pressure cooker, you will spew it on somebody. What I want to ask you as a listener, are you paying attention to your emotions and are you just accepting them if they're out of control? Are you overly angry? Are you overly anxious? Are you overly fearful? Are you overly controlling? Because just like a pain that doesn't go away, I mean, we all have aches and pains that go away because our body is stretching and growing and you might hit ourselves and be bruised. 
But if you have pain that doesn't go away and it's chronic, you're going to go to a doctor eventually and find out if you have some inward problem, disease, something that's not right, so you can make that pain go away because pain is painful. Same thing emotionally. If you're always reacting because you can't contain your emotions or some event, circumstance, or person is always triggering you because that's the difference. Anger goes, you're impatient, you're impatient, you're impatient, you're impatient, then you're frustrated, then you're angry. That's the normal progression. But if you can just be instantly angry, somebody like can put a knife in a wound in the physical, but they're putting the knife in the wound emotionally, and you can be instantly angry. Are you instantly angry like that, those people that I'm talking about? Then you need to listen to that emotion because we're supposed to be walking in the fruit of the Spirit by the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in when we're saved. The Holy Spirit is our leader, guider, director, mentor. So if that Holy Spirit is not able to control your emotions, then they're out of control. And usually it's because you have those wounds on the inside from being rejected. We've found rejection. We've defined rejection many times. Somebody abused you verbally, physically, mentally, emotionally, sexually, not giving you the love you needed at the time you needed it, from whom you needed it, and who you expected to get it from. That is rejection. That can turn into um, a, re- a sense of rejection, a fear of rejection, and a rejection of yourself, which is a wound and it can build and build and build other people reject you then you think of the last person that rejected you you meditate on those negative thoughts and emotions and lies that you're not worthy to be loved or you're not uh, accepted and so then you try to make up for it by these controlling emotions or these outbursts of anger or however you want to um, say that and that it should be an indication that you then are in need of some healing. And what we're trying to say in in these first few shows on the Rage of Self-Pity, if that's the indication that you have, then you need to go through the steps of healing, read Save But Not Free, come to a seminar, get help uh, from a Christian therapist because you're walking in things that are unhealthy for yourself or someone else. And the Bible is clear. A calm, undisturbed mind is health to the body, but anger rottens the bones right one way we refer to uh getting angry immediately like this like an instant anger Mm -hmm. um is we say somebody flew off the handle right right uh don't fly off the handle you know is a is a phrase that we use and i looked up the origin for that uh in phrases.org uh uk actually so from from uh, Great Britain, says uh, this is an American phrase, and it alludes to the uncontrolled way a loose axe head flies off from its handle. It is first found in print in Thomas C. Halliburton's The Attaché, and it goes on to say uh, from that work, quote, he flies right off the handle for nothing, unquote. So it's interesting, if you think about an axe head flying off of a handle, that could do damage, right? If that lands on the wrong side, uh, facing the sharp side, facing whatever it lands into, it can cause some real damage and usually probably damaging something that the axe was not directed towards originally, which I think is very telling about what flying off the handle can do. Yes. Damaging someone 
that the anger was not originally directed at right um, and really causing a problem or damaging them in ways you didn't intend right you know you might have wanted to get them out of the way or they were impeding your progress or they were just frustrating you you didn't mean to wound their soul but a calm what we said in uh, last week is proverbs 15 that 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 is exactly what it does a tone that is healing the tree of life will not be angry hurtful uh, strong because that wounds the spirit proverbs 15 says right so if you are actually seeing this if you are seeing this to our listeners in your life the other thing i want to make clear again is that simultaneously if this goes on and on and on that you're hurt chronically as a child particularly and you don't know how to deal with it and then it's repeated as an adult you'll also develop a more subtle stronghold of self-pity. And you notice in your example, the world explains rage and feeling sorry for yourself and anger. Oh, he just flew off the handle. But they never go to the deeper hurts, wounds, needs, the the, uh, root issues. They look at the symptom and not what's actually causing it. Right, and we're trying to look at the symptoms and not only just look at them and define them, but not accept them as spirit-walking Christians And most importantly, if you're out of control, to encourage you to get help, because we all need help sometimes. And Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and set free or set at liberty those that are bound. So he he only died. He not only died for you in our audience for your salvation, but for our emotional healing, for breaking of strongholds that may have developed when you were hurt and rejected and you didn't even have control over it as a child. So it wasn't necessarily your fault, but now it's your responsibility. And that's what we're challenging people to do, to take uh, responsibility because, you know, again, you're not sitting around and say, oh, poor me necessarily, but you develop this inner record that says, I didn't deserve this. Right. I didn't deserve it. And we all probably feel that way sometimes or feel that way for someone else. They didn't deserve that. Why did they why did that happen to them? But that sin of rage and the more subtle self-pity not recognized can blind you. And we want to go on now and develop this. What does it do to you? It blinds one to their own reactions and responsibility so that they feel unaccepted in future relationships like they felt in the past. So in other words, you project onto future relationships a sense of rejection, a fear of rejection, because you have a root of rejection. And that causes you to be other person focused rather than focusing on your own hurts and wounds. That's a problem um, because then everybody else is to blame, right? Right. And because one is rejection prone from not really being healed, this person, as I said, in their blame of everybody else for their actions, they will never be free. Mm. That is tough. That, right. That's something it's to emphasize right. for a moment. Yeah. You know, you can be free by engaging with the Lord, by receiving his healing, by the breaking of strongholds for you. But you can't, you can minister to someone else, someone else, but you can't choose for someone else to be free. Mm-hmm. So if you're waiting on someone else to be free, when you're the only person you can fix and the only heart you can allow, allow the Lord to change is your own, and you keep focusing, focusing on others and waiting for them to change, you will be very unhappy. Wow. Yeah. Because, and, and many people, you know, psychology calls us being stuck on high center. Mm-hmm. If you look at your, cha- when you change, others change. Right. When you let the Lord change your heart and heal your emotions, let's say somebody else doesn't change. 
let's say they're just really rejection prone or they don't want to have a healthy relationship or something. I mean, if it's bad enough, you get away from the person. If they're being physically abusive or mentally or emotionally abusive, sexually abusive, you don't stay in that situation. But let's say it's somebody that you want to be in a relationship with and they keep blaming you for their problem. You know, they have some issues. Well, you can change and understand that. You can look beyond their fault to their knee like Jesus did. You can pray for your enemies or what seem like enemies. And you can let your own heart heal from who they are. But you might not be able to be in relationship with them because it's very difficult to be in relationship with someone that's always blaming you. That's not a two-way street. It takes two to have an argument, it takes two to solve an argument, it takes two to be in an argument. You know, right. it's not a one-way street, but it's kind of a one-way street if uh, you're offensive, but you blame the other person. Right. It's all about you, right? right? It's right. all about you. And if you, you said when you change, others change, and that's for the good, uh, but the opposite is true. If we don't address this and we don't change, then we are likely to do damage to yeah. others that will be replicated probably generationally, uh, you know, in those that we're impacting. And you tie the Lord's hands because he wants obedience and for you to take responsibility for your actions, for your feelings, for examining your own heart. So if you won't do that, because it says in the word to examine yourself, uh, it says that the word is the, the refiner, the sanctifier. And that's another piece, as we talked about before, practicing the presence of the Lord, being in the word, meditating, memorize the, memorizing the word changes you because the word is sharper than any two-edged sword, separating the soul, the mind that thinks, imagines, and remembers, um, and the will that sets your mind to think, imagine, and remember, which creates certain emotions. That can all be a process of automatic being more Christ-like, automatically and having the mind of Christ which is what we say is one stream of the cognitive restructuring. If you're doing a steady diet of that and studying to show yourself approved, and then you see these reactions and emotional outbursts and things that are out of control, and you recognize that you're wounded and you get help from that, we teach those two streams come together into what creates a wholeness, W-H-O-L-E. And if you are whole, you're going to be holy, H-O-L-Y. And why is that? Because you're getting your needs met from the one who should be meeting them, which is the Lord. And then he'll bring others alongside of you like a spouse and your children and friends. But you're not loving to be loved. You're loving to love. If you are wounded and walking in the rage of self-pity, everything is about you. And though you do loving things, your motive is really to love to be loved rather than loving to love. That's the difference between conditionally loving someone and unconditionally loving someone. And hopefully we're becoming more and more Christ-like in the sanctification process that we hardly even think about it. You know, we know we're called to lay down our lives for each other. Now, you know, sometimes we're tired or it's a choice or we have to make an effort. One of our kids wants something or our husband wants us to do something or our wife wants us to do something. I mean, we all are to a degree self-centered. But the bottom line is if you're because we're being sanctified, you know, more Christ-like. But if you're wounded, you have this internal need. Everything, what I say is everything, everybody and every thought comes into your internal vortex, so to speak. Everything's here for you. And if everything doesn't work for you, 
then you're going to feel sorry for yourself because you feel like you don't deserve that. You're going to get more angry. And eventually, you're going to act out, start playing the blame game, and start spewing this anger either on other people or on yourself, rejecting yourself. Right. right. You know, I feel like somebody that's listening right now, you're saying, you know, this, this sounds good. I feel like this is resonating with me, but how can I know if this is the truth? Well, it is. I just want to say to you right now that I feel by the Spirit to tell you that it is the truth. And Jesus said in John fourteen six, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, you know, we are an extension of, of what Jesus promised there, because this is what Jesus is offering you, is freedom and healing. It's what he came to do. It's what he said when he launched his ministry in Luke 4. He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. And this is something that someone needs to be set free from today. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, if that's what's being said in your mind right now, that it's intended to make you doubt and I want to encourage you to believe in faith and plug in and jump in to what we're saying here and be set free through the power of Jesus Christ. And we're not talking about the steps to healing today, but we have many podcasts on that. And there's uh, the book on it, Save But Not Free. But in addition to seeing this rage and potentially the more subtle self-pity, if you have pride issues, if you're in competition all the time, if you're trying to perform, if you need approval, um, if you're continually feeling ashamed and condemned, which comes from Satan, there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus that walk after the Spirit. So that might be a spirit of condemnation or shame, because we've all done things we shouldn't have done or made mistakes and sin. But the power of the Holy Spirit convicts you. Conviction is of the Lord, not shame and uh, and. Um, but I just say, and condemnation. That's of the enemy. He wants this cloud over your head that you can't get free. So if you made a mistake, even if you've sinned, and you're truly contrite and broken, like David was when he committed adultery and had someone murdered, and Nathan came to him and pointed this out to him, speaking the truth in love, thank God for Nathan, thank God for the prophetic word, thank God for the faithful wounds of a friend. Ephesians 4 said, let's speak the truth so we all may grow up to be mature men and women not just drinking the milk of the word, but eating the meat of the word. And sometimes we need someone to say some things to us because we're all blind to a degree to ourselves. But some of those other things uh, or some of those mistakes you've made, you can be completely free. If you confess it and you truly are broken and contrite about it and ask Jesus to forgive you, and you can even be called like David, a man or woman after God's own heart because he was truly contrite. But if some of these other things are still going on, you're still seeing deception and need for approval and everything's about you and competition and um, I feel rejected and I'm blaming people and I'm ashamed and condemned, you may have some more work to do right. to be free. Mm-hmm. You know, for, and it's, it's not, a, again, it's not an indictment. No. It's an invitation. invitation. It's an invitation because a lot of people lived with parents or caregivers that were hurt themselves, hurt people, hurt people, as we've said many times, heal people, heal people. And in this 21st century, with the breakdown of the home, church, and school, we have more insecure people, more broken foundations. The Bible says 
What can the people do if the foundations are destroyed? We're telling you. You can recognize it. You can rebuild the foundations. You can be a restorer of the breach, a repair of the street to dwell in. You can be what Jesus was, there to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound, because he does not want you to walk in subtle or powerful chronic sin Mm -hmm. without repentance. What happens, and this probably bears repeating, Sometimes this is subtle, too. If you're in pain, physical pain, you're going to do something about it again. You might take a pain pill or you might do some physical therapy or go get some medical help. If you're in emotional pain, you are subject to Satan tempting you Hmm. to medicate that emotional pain. How do you do that? By escape. What does he offer you? Alcohol, drugs, pornography, affairs. Story, movies. Yeah. uh, Yeah, anything that that is in excess kind of that's taking your attention uh, off your pain. And you know, you know, whether you have an emotional need or just have a need period and you decide to do something worldly to deal with it rather than go spend some time with the Lord. And some of these things, the latter things we said, you know, watching sports or TV or video games in and of themselves, the first things, drug, alcohol, pornography, those are going to be destructive. But anything can be addictive. Anything can be your self-medicator or a counterfeit offer by Satan. And anything can take can be a choice to take your mind off of what what the Lord is trying to say to you, right? That's right. Right. You can you can go to these benign, more benign things and say, oh, I'm just uh, wanting to watch TV or watch a movie, which there's nothing necessarily wrong with those things. But if it is an effort to escape what the Lord is trying to do in your life and take your mind off of where he's convicting you, then that's a problem. You're trying to escape. Like you said, you're trying to medicate the pain, which in all those things, whether it's drugs, alcohol, pornography affairs it gets you where satan wants you to be mm-hmm. on the path to being bound right because anything you do chronically practiced in your emotions or in your actions that is a sin will become a stronghold what's a stronghold second corinthians 10 3 through 5 the weapons of our warfare are mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds a stronghold is something that has a stronghold on you whether it's behavior or emotion We destroy arguments in every proud obstacle against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive in obedience to Christ. Isn't that interesting? Because it first goes to the mind. That's why we teach the five R's to victory to your thought life. You think it before you do it. And if you meditate on it and think on it long enough, eventually you'll do it. That's why we want you to replace uh, negative thoughts or satanic thoughts or your own thoughts with the word as much as possible so that you'll perform the word. Because then that goes on to say in verse six, punishing every disobedience with obedience. If you don't recognize a disobedience, because you can be driving down the street thinking, 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 not thinking about what you're thinking about, like we've said before, who's talking to me? Is it Satan? Is it me? Am I agreeing with Satan? Am I agreeing with lies? Am I agreeing with Jesus and the Godhead? Am I agreeing with them? Am I thinking in truth? Because what a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So the problem is your incorrect focus on others' hearts or your incorrect focus on not recognizing your reactions will cause more anger, more self-pity, more guilt, more shame, more need to compete, more jealousy because of continued wrong motives, ultimately causing, again, more hatred and self-rejection. This is really the cycle of suicide. If I hate myself enough, when the word says you're supposed to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, 
and your neighbor as what? Yourself. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to have a healthy love of yourself because we are self-sufficient, what? Through Christ's sufficiency. And you can't love anybody if you don't love yourself Right. You can't give away what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so then it stacks or revolves into this self-rejection for yourself. And then in this state, here's what I have on my website. All of this evolves into where you really can't truly love somebody else because you're trying to make up for a retroactive love that you didn't get to love yourself. So what are you? You're you're self-focused. You're self-centered. I think there's a difference between selfish and self-centered. Selfish, you just do things selfishly. Self-centered, you're wounded and you have this need for unconditional love to come to you while you continue to love others conditionally. Mm -hmm. And as long as they give to you, you're fine. But you have no reservoir filled by the Lord with a healed heart, a clear heart, a whole soul um, uh, 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 that can come, that the Lord can flow through, like Pastor Robert was talking a couple Sundays ago, so that the anointing can just freely flow out to others. And it's almost like a free-flowing river, it just keeps flowing. It wells up in the waters of the wells of salvation as you spend time with the Lord, spend time in the Word. And then the next thing you know, you're with somebody and you're praying for them or you're ministering to them or you're witnessing them or you're doing something loving for someone. Shout out to the Maddoxes who left me a fragrant candle and some uh, hand lotion. He noticed when he was in my office that I was out of a candle. So he went by. they went by Bath and Body and, and left it on my door. That is just a free-flowing love. I didn't ask for it. He was just aware that I had a need, and he was loving me unconditionally without any ulterior motives. So rejection cannot be handled because that person needs to be accepted by everyone. You'll never be accepted by everyone. You might as well face it. I've said over and over, if you can learn to handle rejection and acceptance, rejection meaning that some people will reject you. And you can handle that if you're healed or uh, um, acceptance. What do I mean by that? Well, when you get accepted and you start ministering, you have to be careful because people will put you on a pedestal. We have to give all the praise back to the Lord and realize in humility that we could, we are nothing without him. You know, we study to show ourselves approved, but it's his gifts and anointing that allows us to, heal the brokenhearted, and set at liberty those that are bound. And I'll just add to that, but we are everything that we were created to be with him. Correct. Which is an exciting differential. And his additional power. We're not holding just to a form of religion and denying the power thereof. We're believing the power of the Holy Spirit enables us, equips us, comforts us, leads us, guides us, supplies our needs. And so uh, On the part of rejection, I just want to say there's some people that may have missed the part that Jesus was rejected by men because he saw their true hearts and motives. So that what that says to me is not to be surprised when we're rejected by by others. Or persecuted. Especially for, and I think we're specifically saying for righteousness sake. Correct. Because that's what he did. He Because he could see the heart. We can't see the heart quite as well as he can, although we are supposed to have gifts of discernment, not judgment, discernment. We discern things by the Spirit. We discern things by the outward actions of people that reveal their hearts because the root denotes the fruit. Out of the heart becomes the issues of life. So if we're rejected by people for truth, uh, then we have to remember that Jesus confronted people 
the Pharisees and Sadducees when he saw their true heart and motives. Uh, They confronted him, too. They said he was from the devil. He didn't let that rejection impede him, stop him. He was slowed down sometimes. He went to the mountain and prayed a lot. Uh, He was flat crucified. But we have to, uh, like you said, expect rejection. Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Mm. And people will be offended by truth. Many people in our 21st century society, if you're a Christian, forget it. I mean, you can be every other religion but Christian. And you can witness about everything else and give every other principle in the book, but you start talking against the things that are clearly outlined in the Bible as sin, and you try to show somebody that they're walking in sin or something like that if they don't see it, then they might reject you and they might say, okay, well, you are judging me. Well, there's a difference between judgment and discernment. Judgment hasn't worked out a similar problem, and you're really angry and you want to beat somebody up. Discernment says, I see this thing in your life, and I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned about you. If you don't take the steps to healing, the enemy might get the drop on you. You will be on the wrong path. Let us help you. We love you. Big difference. And sometimes the Lord uses us in the gift of discernment, and sometimes we'll be rejected because people don't want to walk in truth. They want to walk in self-pity or anger, or all the things we've we've already said. Right. Do we have a few more minutes? Yeah, we have um, about five minutes. Okay, I'll read you this little uh, story by someone that was taught to fear his anger, uh, but he learned to use it wisely to protect himself. It's, he said, anger was not legitimized in my childhood. This is a meditation taken from M. Brady, Daybreak Meditations for Women Survivors of Sexual Abuse. It was expressed as a tyrant's tirade by my father only. I learned that anger could be used to control and intimidate those with less power. When anger comes up in me, I wanted only to get away from it. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I did not want anger to make me into a tyrant, but I had been shown no other use for it. As I heal, I become aware that when I feel this anger rise in me. And next week, we're going to talk about more about the 10-point scale and how you recognize it and what are some anger management skills. I need to check out my anger and become conscious of it, lest I become self-abusive, put myself down, or even become ill. That would be going inward with your anger. Remember, the Third John 2 says we prosper and we're in health as our soul prospers. So if you define your soul as your mind that thinks, imagines, remembers, what you set your will to think, imagine, and remember will affect your emotions to be negative rather than positive. And stress or disease means not being at ease. All that causes potential physical issues. Uh, This person says, I learned to let myself feel it, even prize it for its protective quality. If my anger says, step back, take some distance, open your eyes wide, I abide it. Next, I look for constructive ways to express my anger. I may need to find a safe place to, to uh, let it out alone or be witnessed by someone else to vent in a healthy way, like a therapist, a husband, a friend. I may need to even confront someone in the right way. Again, I create a safe situation in which to do this. For instance, in the separation of a relationship, Let's say that you're separating from someone that is uh, sexually or physically abusive. In that way, you may need the help of a lawyer or mediator, and then you may need the help of a therapist to heal from being abused so you don't spew it. Uh, I can be fueled by my anger, and yet 
act wisely. And that's kind of the precursor into next week on what are some uh, potential, this is a little teaser for you, what are some steps and some good anger management skills that you would learn if you went to someone like me? I have an anger problem. Someone called me the other day from HRs from this corporation and said, we have an employee that has an anger problem. Can you do anger management? People are seeing it all the time. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't take this person because I probably will find. He wasn't a Christian, wasn't coming from a Christian perspective. I come from a Christian perspective. And I asked that question, could I talk to him? Um, what, do you mind if uh, the therapist that he sees comes from a faith perspective, a biblical perspective? Oh, yes, we, we don't, we, we mind that, you know. So because what I know is I potentially could have that person in and go over some ma- ma- anger management skills that we're going to talk about next week, that we're going to talk about next week. My tongue is getting ahead of my words. Um, but if I do that, or if I would have done that, more than likely, I would have found that he's reactionary and wounded. And then when I tried to deliver to him what we're talking about today, he either would reject it or he might not like it. And that's why I have to be up front. Hey, this is what we're about. This is what we do. If you'd like to learn more about it, we'd love to have you in. It's not that we can't take people like that in. It's when they don't want to hear it or they're completely opposed to it. Right. Well, let's pray. Um, I feel like we should pray for anyone out here that anyone out there that's listening that this has resonated with uh, because this is a part of Jesus coming to heal the brokenhearted and set at liberty those that are bound. And remember, it's a healthy people that reach out for help. Absolutely, You're not healthy if you hide, if you're ashamed, like we said, or condemned. Everybody needs help at some point or another. And the body of Christ, and we're called in the body of Christ to help people that want to get help but it does take a surrender it does take a desire right right you know we can't cause people to act think and do things against their will right if their will is okay i'm okay i'm just going to live with this rage the rest of my life and if it's damaging me or other people okay that's too bad get over it those people we can't help right. too well. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the Bible talks about how there's nothing that can separate us from, from the Lord, right? Right. From the except, love of the Lord. Yeah. Except that he gave us a free will and we can choose to step out of uh, his plan and his will, um, step out of his hand, if you will. Which is how I define sin, separation from God. Right. Okay. So. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this message of freedom and healing that you came to deliver Yes, Lord, Lord uh, many of us struggle, Lord, mm-hmm. with uh, anger and rage because of circumstances or because of abuse or because of things that have happened uh, outside of our control. Yes. But we bring those to you now yes, and we Lord. yield to Thank you. We you, yield our pride to you. Uh, Lord, I just I, I just lead uh, everyone that's listening and praying along in a prayer of repentance right now. Lord, I'm yes, sorry. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For getting angry. I'm sorry for letting my impatience or frustration get the best of me. I'm sorry for reacting and hurting others out of my own hurt. And I'm sorry for more subtle sins like self-pity, competition, performance orientation, blaming other people, not taking responsibility. I'm sorry. I, re- I, I Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us all. Yes, Lord. Wash us and make us clean by the blood of Jesus. Lord, we accept and we claim that sacrifice that was made on our behalf so that we could be cleansed and made clean and yes. 
And Lord, I just ask that you would go to those that are agreeing with us right now and do a healing work. Yes, Lord. Close up the wounds yes. that have that they've reacted out of, Lord Jesus. Yes. Um, Lord Jesus, just uh, reveal to them uh, the reasons why uh, yes. they've been angry um, and just uh, help them to move forward in a new place of healing and wholeness and how they relate to others in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we pray these things and believe in faith that you're doing them now, um, even as uh, people listen in their own timing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just want to remind everybody that in my book, I have a chapter on confession and forgiveness and what we forget to do when we start recognizing and acknowledging emotions out of control or sin, we can forgive other people, but we forget to forgive ourselves. And I just want to say that there's no condemnation to you. If you walk through Lance's prayer, you're truly contrite, you're repentant, you've asked Jesus to forgive you. If he forgives you and he remembers it no more, how can you hold it against yourself? But this happens all the time. We know we should forgive, but we forget in that case to forgive who? Ourselves. Right. Okay. All right. Well, and one other reminder is that uh, we have our Set Free Saturday seminar coming up on September 21st, 2019 at the Hope Center in Plano, Texas. Uh, We'd love for you to come and be a part of that. It's an all-day seminar where we have live praise and worship. We have food provided, and we walk through the steps to healing and freedom. And it's at the beautiful Hope Center. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. The Hope Center is just a gorgeous facility. Uh, it's, It's... it's a conference center and an office building, but it's got places of, of uh, respite and meditation where you can just sit down in front of a fireplace, for example, or go out into a prayer garden and just take time to seek the Lord. And so we'd love for you to take a day out of your weekend in September to come and be with us. You can register at totallytransformed.org slash events, or you can just go to our website, totallytransformed.org, and you'll see it advertised there on the homepage. So we look forward to that. We hope to get to meet you there. Thank you for joining us today on the Totally Transformed Podcast.